0: Welcome to episode 15 of African American with your girl, Six the Goddess. And keep in mind, I'm a goddess and I'm sensitive about my shift. So, peace and love, family. I'm doing amazing. I hope everyone else is also doing amazing. Uh, as we speak, I have like dinner running. I just did two loads of laundry I just moisturized my hair like I am superwoman right now. I am on fire right now. Okay? Boom! I am woman, hear me roar. Okay? Now I'm going to record a fire podcast episode in the middle of all that. Like, get off me. Get off me. Okay? I'm undefeated. (laughs) So... My baby boy and I actually just got back from the movies and we went and saw Rampage. It was actually an excellent movie. Go check it out. Okay. Um, I, I've just been, I just find like every day is a, a bonding session with my son. It's pretty awesome because now that he's getting older, he truly has his own personality. He truly has his own likes dislikes and we really are bonding now you know beyond just mother and son like we are truly developing into best friends like he knows things to show me and tell me that makes me laugh you know I know the same for him he knows my moods he can feel if I'm happy sad or or whatever he just knows like you know I trust him he trusts me And it's like, they say you can't be friends with your kids, but I don't agree with that because at the same time now, you know, he knows not to try me, but what has happened in our relationship is I don't even have to like puff my chest out at him. Like I'm the boss here and you're the child and I don't have to do any of that. He kind of just, he knows already what the deal is. He doesn't try my authority, you know, or anything like that, but we're definitely friends. And, and and it's like, what's wrong with that, though? Like, what's wrong with being friends with your child? I mean, who else would you want to be friends with? You know, that that's who's really going to have your back. Like, that's going to be a real ride or die. So I never understood that stigma. Like, oh, I'm not here to be your friend. Well, you know, I am. I'm your friend. But I don't see where the two are so different as to being a friend or being a parent. You know, being a parent is definitely more than just ordering a child around all day and, or hollering and fussing at them. So it's like, when you, as you're building that relationship, I realize more and more like my son is becoming my best friend. Like we are becoming, we are truly developing a friendship inside of our relationship as mother and son. So it's a beautiful thing. It's pretty awesome to sit back and watch your child and, you know, watch how their personality is developing. You're kind of monitoring like your investment. You know, because our kids are our greatest investment. So, where you're kind of just monitoring your investment and just seeing, you know, how they're developing. And it's a good feeling when you sit back and you see, okay, you know, they're, they're going to be all right. Like, they get this. So, <laughs> I've been feeling that about, um, you know, my love. And I'm just feeling good about where things are going. I, I've, I've lately, I don't know how many of my listeners have lost a parent. I hope not too many because... I mean, there's different levels to losing a parent. Um, I feel like it's different when you lose a parent when you're like 60 and your parents are like in their 80s and you lose them at that point. I think that's different than when losing a parent as a child or teenager or even young adult because what happens is you are missing a very vital piece of you as a person when you lose a parent and when you lose a parent when you're still in that journey of getting to know yourself of getting your sea legs on this like ship of life it's very difficult to do that with a missing parental piece so I guess when I say if you've ever lost a parent I want to I want to almost use the word prematurely You know, if you've lost a parent before, it was time for you and them to grow old together and, you know, let them see their grandchildren or great-grandchildren. You know, if, if that's not something that you were able to achieve due to their time here on earth, I guess I'm speaking to those listeners. So basically what happens is I like to take time to really meditate and reflect on my life because that's very important. In this journey that we're all on to heal. In this journey that we are all on to re-Africanize our minds. Okay, so during this process, it takes some serious, seriously brutal honesty with yourself in order to grow. So you have to sit back in silence. A lot of us don't want to sit in silence. A lot of us constantly have a TV on or have music on because... We're trying to distract ourselves from ourselves. You know, some of us, we don't want to be left alone with our own thoughts. Can't even handle it. So we constantly surround ourselves with noise. But in in doing that, you never get to hear yourself think. So then you begin to move in a way that lacks consciousness because you're not even taking time to listen to that voice in your head, you know, That that voice in your head is always made out to be something negative, but it's not always something negative. Who else knows you better than you? You know all your deepest, darkest secrets and experiences. So, I, I lately more than usually have been taking serious time out to be in silence, meditate, and listen to me. Listen to what my mind is saying to my body. So... During these listening sessions, you know, and listening to myself, I I think of my mother so much. (laughs) I think of her so much. And it's inevitable. When they say that you become your parents, like when they say you become your mother, I have grown to realize that that is straight facts, like facts on facts. I find myself saying things, doing things. And just moving in a way where it's like, ooh, if that's not Isla. <laughs> and that's not always a bad thing because I often see my mother when I'm mothering. So I, I see and hear myself sometime and I'm like, when I'm dealing with my own son and I'm like, man, if that ain't my mama talking, I don't know what is. It's crazy. So, At the same time, when I think about that, I'm like, wow, that's a strong answer to how we develop as parents. We develop as parents based upon our parents or lack of parents. So now I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I have to really be careful in the way I interact with my son because basically these are becoming his memories, More than likely, the way that we interact will be the similar way that he interacts with his children when he has them. And so then I'm like, you know, we have such a great, loving relationship. And then it goes back to the relationship that I had with my mom and how she was extremely loving and extremely affectionate. When I think about, do you ever sometimes ponder, like, how do you know that you're loved? Because when I think of my mother, I think, I know my mother loves me. And then it's like, well, how do we know that? What exactly happens where it builds that confidence in us where we can say, I know for a fact this individual loves me. There would be nothing that anyone can say or do to convince me otherwise. So I wanted to share some of the things that my mother did that I realize now is what made me feel loved. And me feeling loved led to me being very happy with the person that I am today because I've always known right from wrong. I've never had the kind of spirit where I wanted to purposely harm people. I've hurt people in my life, but never purposely. Looking back, anytime I hurt someone, it was definitely because I was kind of lost myself in that moment or... You know, was was coming out of what should have been normal to me. What was instilled to be normal and mute to me, which is to be a good person, which is to have a good heart, because that's something my mother definitely had. So my mom, growing up, she would call me her pumpkin pie girl, <laughs> and it sounds corny, and it sounds like please, but her calling me this nickname, it made me feel loved. It. May It was like a term of endearment. My mom would always randomly hug me. And like, randomly come hug me. Randomly come kiss me. Uh, make a huge fuss over me. Um, you know, if, if I was getting ready to go to school, I could have on simple jeans and a t-shirt. And my mom would be like, work it, girl. You know, like, you get, like, she would gas me. <laughs> she was always very honest with me. Sometimes we feel as though we don't owe children the truth. Well, sometimes we feel as though we don't owe children anything. (laughs) And that couldn't be farther from the truth. I'm definitely one that advocates for children's rights. I don't know where we, well, I'm not going to say I don't know where we got it from, but, you know, we have to break that cycle where we feel as though we don't owe children any explanations, where we feel as though children cannot express themselves, Because that is definitely something that um, made me feel loved with that. I I felt like it was okay for me to express myself. And I mean, my mother definitely had some old school child rearing techniques um, when it came to discipline. But for the most part, you know, she allowed me to express myself. I felt comfortable and safe to express myself to her. Um, So I don't know if you all have checked out the... Uh, Roxanne Shantae movie on on Netflix. I uh, watched it this past weekend and it was an excellent movie. But the movie hit home to me all too well. And not hitting home to me in the sense of being a rapper or anything like that, but hitting home to me as her being the oldest daughter in her household with her mom. I I feel as though this is too common with us. Like, it, it shouldn't be so many of us where we should be able to relate to stories like this. So, basically, in a movie, um, well, you know, as I said, too commonly, there is a man... Because it, it can go either one of two ways. There's either no man in the home, or even worse, there's a no good man in the home. You know, ladies, before you have a no good man in your house... It's better to have no man in the house. Because a a no good man does way more damage than just having no man at all. So, you know, in the movie, the, the man that her mother was with really screwed her over. And her anger and frustration and resentment towards that man caused her to let it out on the one that was the next closest to her, which is her oldest daughter. And I can personally attest to that because my mother, though she was very loving and, and very sweet, during her during the latter part of her life, and just a reminder to those that my mother had passed away from breast cancer, she had breast cancer for 10 years it would go into remission. It would come back again. So I would say towards the last year or two of her life. Well, no, I would say maybe the last three or four years of her life. That's when she knows that she's getting to the end. And, and so you can imagine as a single parent, you know, living away from your family, not being in good health, the stress that comes with that. I mean, the stress just from the pain of like looking at your children every day and knowing like you are not going to be there to see your children grow up. It is very stressful. And I can't tell you how many things I got thrown at me and how many times I got cussed out and, you know, got overreacted on for the simplest things. And that's basically what happened in the movie is the the man leaves. Now the frustration happens. The frustration is let out on the daughter now what happens is because this is what happened with me now that daughter begins to grow up and in her mind uh, and well I'll say in my mind I don't I don't necessarily want to say I hated men uh because my mother definitely as wonderful of a woman as she was she just definitely did not have good luck with men like and looking back she just really picked the wrong kind of guys like severely (laughs) you know so uh just looking back you know I don't want to say I necessarily hated men but what I will say is I really did not understand what a man like what was he really for like why why do you really need one like and it wasn't necessarily in a negative way, but I I genuinely had never in my life seen what a man contributes to your life or contributes to the household, let alone never seeing a relationship. But never seeing a relationship makes you very confused on what the real role of a man is. Why do you need one? Like, what is his purpose? What purpose does he serve that you can't serve for yourself? So I didn't know that. All right. And in the movie, her mother and her are at odds. And, you know, as usual, you know, we leave the house way too young. And then guess what happens? You run into that guy, that older guy, those older men that like to purposely prey on young women that they can manipulate and control. And they somehow know how to like sniff those kind of young women out like the more vulnerable she is the more lost and misguided that she is it seems like the more these guys can sniff those women out and you know and take advantage so that's what happened with me so now my mother is stressed out you know she don't have no man she's she's upset she doesn't have the support she needs She's living in unnatural states with way too much pressure and responsibility on her. Her health is slipping. So now she takes her frustration out on me. Now I want to flee to home. And then I run into that guy who is the older guy that definitely preys on my weakness, my vulnerability. And guess what always happens? It's the first thing they do is they want to get you pregnant. They want to get you pregnant. That's how they really are going to suck you in. So we take these frustrations out on our children. Our children end up going into the world prematurely because hell has become home. And then they run into these people that take advantage of them. Why is this so common? Why is this the story of way too many of us? So sisters, This is why it's so vital for us to stop being so sensitive and definitely be more honest with ourselves about situations with men. We really have to come to peace with this. At the end of the day, when it comes to grown men, the chances of you changing him are slim to none. All you can really do is focus on your sons, focus on creating healthy males so that the children in the future have good husbands to marry. All right. Now we tend to play, we tend to fall victim to loneliness. We tend to fall victim to desperation. We tend to fall victim to the crucifixion that happens to single women in this world and how you're teased and made fun of. We fall victim to that and we end up dealing with men that we know aren't good for us it's really not that complicated it really is as simple as you know knowing that you need to be respected knowing what a man needs to be bringing to the table and, and and what you can reciprocate back and then if that person wants to be in a relationship if that person wants to build if that person wants to get married then they will do that it's that simple if he's not doing that then he just doesn't want to You know, and then we sit and we let our frustrations due to us picking the wrong kind of men just because we don't want to be single. But the reality is it is better to be single than to be with the wrong guy. That does so much damage that you don't even know. Now we're frustrated. Now we take we you think our daughters don't inherit this frustration and bad decision making when it comes to men. Your daughters will grow up and will most likely do the same thing. Nine times out of ten, if a woman is a single mom, her mom was a single mom. Nine times out of ten, if her mother was with a man that was abusive to her, she will get with a man that is abusive to her. So it's our responsibility as women to be honest with ourselves, see where we're going wrong, and stop projecting our anger due to our own decisions out on our daughters. We We just, we have to stop doing that because it took me years to literally educate myself on what a husband's job was, what he is for, how he balances you out, why you need him. It took me years to educate myself. It took me years to realize that I needed to be educated on this subject. After failed relationship, after failed relationship, I had to take a step back and say, where am I going wrong here? I don't want to pass this on to my children. Let me figure this out. Let me stop having children until I get these issues straightened out. Now, that takes a lot of discipline to do. It takes a lot of self-love. It means a lot of lonely nights. It means a lot of tears. It means it means walking away from toxicness. It means a lot. It takes a lot of strength. But what we say all the time on this show, we don't do for us. We do for our children. We do for our children that we haven't had yet. That is the important factor here. How we feel, honestly, is the least the least of the concern during times like this. I I, would, I think that everyone should definitely check out that Roxanne Shantae movie. It is excellent. It is an excellent biography of her life and her career. But it is also an excellent portrayal of the situation behind way too many of our sisters. And, and what we all kind of endure throughout our young adulthood and our childhood. So everyone check that out. And hit me up and let me know what you think, sisters. Like, if you can relate to anything that happened in that movie, like, just let me know if you can. Because I, I want to hear everyone's point of view because I know a few people just in my personal life that their stories were similar to that. And I'm like, if I can, if I need more than two hands to name the amount of people that I have observed in my personal life that, you know, have similar situations, that's just too many. So check the movie out. Um, It was excellent. Like I said, let me know what you think. We can't be afraid to talk about love. We can't be afraid to talk about loving each other. So, sisters, um, let's, let's discuss some ways to love our brothers let's just let's just find some ways so the only way to do that is to ask them which i got us covered and i did ask them so i put up a post and i asked the brothers to be specific in what is something that either your current woman does or that you would like for a woman to do for you that would make you just feel good as a man Because too many times we don't really communicate with each other about what we really want. And we kind of expect the other sex to just be a mind reader. And it's like, okay, why don't we talk about it? Like, give examples. Like, what are some things that you like? So, I'm going to randomly uh, read some of the answers, ladies, that the guys left. So one brother here, King Williams 11, he said that he likes when uh, a woman grabs his beard and gives him a kiss. Okay, so it probably makes them feel um, kind of loved and protected by a woman when you put your hands on his face. I think that that's endearing. That makes sense. I do that to my son and he likes it. He likes when I hug him and kiss him and I kind of put my hands on his face I think that that is him kind of getting able to being able to kind of suck in that feminine energy and it balances him out so that's cute I like that and ladies we might think that stuff like this is like oh my god that's so like basic but you'll be surprised it'd be the most like simplest things that really mean a lot to brothers um Another brother, truth in every note, said a simple thank you and an act of appreciation. Us men who love hard and give effortly for our women, sometimes it's smack in the face when we are taken for granted and love isn't required. Another brother says, his name is Rocky Everhart. He says, she always holds my hands in the car. Um, while I'm driving or she's driving, she never lets go. It's small, but I love it. See, I just said that. It'd be the smallest things. Like, I don't think men be asking for much. They kind of just, it's half the time you just want to be listened to. Um, another brother said, trust. She allows me to be who I am at all times. She trusts my character, my words. And most importantly, my action, my actions that gives me reassurance and support. I love that. I love when brothers are honest. Thank you. Let us know that. I know you need to be reassured. You need to be supported. Like I really love having conversations like this because people out there that are like me that did not get to witness healthy relationships between black man and black woman growing up it can be very difficult to know like you don't even know where to start like where do I start for most of my life I didn't even know how to have a man I didn't even know what I was supposed to do or and I didn't even know what he was supposed to do and that's like I said it's a story of too many of us so I love having conversations like this because we can be honest with each other and get the answers that we need so we can all figure this out um Another brother bricks to the sticks said she greets me at the door with a hug and smile spontaneously stops in front of me and dances to get my attention and cooks broccoli and garlic sauce with curry rice. <laughs> That's cute. You know, so I, what he's really saying there is he like those are ways that she clearly uplifts the brother. And you know, of course a man likes when you pay specific attention to his diet His preferred diet you know so if he likes his broccoli cooked with garlic he's saying like i like that because it lets me know that she's doing something because she knows that he likes it it's another um brother said when she listens and gives good feedback another brother said trimming my nails see It's the most, like, we don't even, I think that sometimes we psych ourselves out. Like, we have to do the most. And we do not even have to do the most. Like, (laughs) this man said, trims my fingernails. Like, really? That is so easy. And it makes them feel good. Like, we don't have to have that stigma, like, oh, I ain't doing shit that he like. And I ain't doing that because he wanted to do. No. We're gonna stop doing that. It is perfectly okay. It's sweet. They love it and they need it another one another brother says JC eight three one says random text about how proud she is of me and how she looks forward to me accomplishing all the things i've talked to her about once again that you know that support what all these men are basically saying in all of these posts is i just need some support baby damn it if you see my nails getting long baby clip them you know what I'm saying? Damn it, baby. If you know I'm out here working hard, let me know you see me working hard. <laughs> Another brother, T T G Trav 904 says when she dims the light and sparks of the aroma smell good candlelight. Ooh. I lay on my stomach with no shirt. She sits on my behind and massages my neck with and back with oil. And we get intellectual about life. We don't do it often, but when we do, that shit therapeutic. He said, "I love that shit. I know that's right." Now that's intimacy. Now that's sexy, because it's crazy. The highest forms of intimacy don't involve sex. There's the gag. (laughs) That intimacy, that feeling her fingertips, having her massage you, having her talk to you, man. That is intimacy. I like that answer because that is facts. (laughs) Okay, let's find some other good ones on here. Um, A brother says, Teddy Bando says, To bring me peace, i just love to have my partner talk to me about anything. Not to know your business, but to reconnect every moment I'm with her. To allow me to treat her with a spiritual high, I want to hear what she wants and tell me if she fears anything or not. Because regardless, a goddess like herself deserves my world. I know that's right. So basically, he's saying that he wants to reciprocate. He wants you to, to tell him you know, how you're feeling. He wants you to let him know and, and be honest with him because he wants to be able to support that back. You know, it's it's good when men can know their worth and say, you know, a, a queen deserves me. A goddess deserves me. This one brother going to write when she licks my asshole. Side note, do y'all niggas like that? You know, I mean, I know that's really off topic, but I be wondering, like, so what's the tea with that? Okay, brothers, if y'all are listening to this call-in, okay, because I want to know the real deal. Don't lie. Look me in the eyes. Don't lie. But, like, do y'all like that? Like, is that cool? Like, you know, if you're receiving fellatio, like, do you like a little slip down there? And don't lie. Okay, don't. If you like that, then be honest and say you like it because I would like to know it. Is that a thing? <laughs> Is it gay if a woman is doing it to you? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I personally, I just, I can't get with that. I think that's just too much. But I I would just like to hear, you know, from the men. Like, do y'all like that? Tell the truth. Tell the truth, Shane Devil. (laughs) Okay, let me see. Um another brother that his name is too long it says I love it when a woman actually listens to me and surprises me randomly with things I have mentioned in past combos once again he just wants to know that you're listening wants to know you care that's really what it's so funny you have to observe like multiple people and then you have to take what you observed and you have to look at the common points and all those observations. So when we look at all these comments on, you know, what brothers like, they all stem back to the same things, which is really just support, which is really just listening to him, paying attention, and when that really all comes under under that general category of support. Another brother says she listens and not to respond, but listening to what I'm actually saying. You know, I feel like as women, like it's okay for us sometimes to shut up. Like, it's okay. Like, we do not always have to say something. I have a client. She is 75 years old. She's been married for 53 years, okay? And I I told her, I said, I was like, tell me the truth. Like, tell me, like, for real. How do you keep a marriage together for that long? And she said, uh... She said, well, there's multiple times where I I know that my husband might be wrong and I know I'm right. She said, but you can't win every argument. She was like, nobody wants to be in a, in a relationship with someone that's just constantly arguing and trying to prove points. She was like, so it's been plenty of times where, you know, my husband has been wrong. And I just, I let him have it because it doesn't matter because deep down inside, I know I'm right anyway. And then she said that there's times where her husband does the same thing with her, where, you know, he just let her have her little moment, doesn't take it personal. (laughs) So as women, like, I think we're so programmed, like, don't let no man tell you what to do. Don't let no man be the boss of you. So then we get so pressed to like, uh uh-uh, like the minute a man is expressing himself which it can be very difficult for a man to uh express himself because he's kind of taught that he's not supposed to do that so if it's already very difficult for a man to express himself and then when he does express himself you're just shutting it down it can be difficult and there's different levels to that that's not saying like if you know he's like lying to your face or saying something disrespectful that you shouldn't say anything like no i'm not saying that but when it just come time to him to genuinely just speak on how he's feeling or what he's thinking, you know, that's when it's time for you to um, just sometimes just be quiet. Like you don't have to always say anything. I, there was two or three brothers that said that, you know, so if more than one brother said that, like, listen, listen to me, but don't listen to me just to have something to say back. And then another thing that we got to pay attention to is, you know, the brothers are speaking on how they want a woman to show them that they're appreciated. They want a woman to show that they're proud of them. And this is why it's very important, brothers, for you to create environments that your woman can act this way in. Women who are stressed out about money and bills and life, they're not smiling when you come home. Women that are being cheated on and beated on and mistreated, And unappreciated, they're not clipping your toenails. They're not massaging you when you come home. So what you see how it's always a two-way street. It's never the fault of one person. We are trying to figure this out, but we want to also make it clear it's not the men's fault. It's not the women's fault. So, you know, our brothers too many times say that they don't feel as though, you know, black women are... Um, submissive or feel as though black women are combative or angry so we have to learn what our brothers are looking for that way we have something to replace bad behavior behavior with you can't really just overnight x out bad behavior for the most part you have to replace it with something so that's what that's why we have these constructive conversations so that we can do that so now all right So, okay, the brothers have expressed that they're unhappy with the way we've been conducting ourselves with them. All right, so let's go ahead and get some some examples of, you know, what you would prefer instead. Okay, so we got a lot of preferences for brothers to have women that support them. Okay, cool, we could do that, but now can you do something for me, brothers? Can you give us environments where we can support you in? Can you make sure that you are Conducting yourself as the kind of man That deserves support You know too many times we have people You know skating along with the bare minimum And they want all these applause But it just doesn't work like that Like if you want your woman to come to you And tell you that she's proud of you And she's proud of your ambitions And your hard work You have to actually work hard This is not something that you are just Entitled to because you have a penis So you create and set up the environments for us as sisters to be able to support you and then we kind of just come through with the alley-oop and kind of finish it off so i like these answers but most of them are repeats like most of this is all saying the same thing and that says something sisters You know, this is a healing that we have going on. I don't have any problem with admitting to the way that I have been doing things in the past was not constructive and was not progressive. I have no problem admitting that it is time to tear down those abusive cycles and cycles of hatred, confusion, and misunderstanding. And it's time to build those environments of balance okay, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. So I love those answers. Then thank you for you brothers for sharing that with me. Now let's talk Starbucks because I know by now we all saw the video of the two brothers that were sitting in the restaurant and uh, basically, the manager of the store called the police because the brothers were just sitting there, uh, called the police. The police came and actually arrested the brothers. And you see in the video where as the friend that they were waiting on to meet, like as they were being arrested, the friend shows up and the guy is like, so you're arrested? Like he, he just genuinely seems like, it's like he's, it seems like he's like this has to be a joke. Like it seems like he could not even believe that it was really happening. He's kind of like, so you're arresting them? I don't understand for what. Like what did they do? And so we're watching these men be arrested for clearly no reason whatsoever. <laughs> and the 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 thing to go ahead and pay attention to is the white people. We're just sitting around recording. So let's have let's go back into this conversation because this is how it goes too many times. Too many times people want to sit and tell me about how not all white people are racist. And how there are good white people out there. Okay, but then almost every time videos like this surface of our people on camera being racially discriminated against... The white people are always just standing around watching. I saw one video, this white man, I'm talking about completely berating an Asian man, calling him all kind of Chinese niggers and slapping him and everybody on the train, all the white people was just standing around watching. It was a black woman that ended up standing up to help the situation. So I'm like, okay. So y'all sit here and preaching me about how these people aren't racist, yet every time something racist is happening in their face, they don't say a word. They don't say a single word. You know what they do? They sitting around there recording and looking fake shocked. Like, what does that do? So I'm like, now how would this have went if this was the other way around? Because black people don't play that. Black people are quick. To stand up for people. Hell, black people are quick to stand up for the, their own oppressors. We're just we're just too good of a people. And our good hearts is going to be the freaking death of us. But let's talk about that. So you, you're a white person. You live in the United States of America. You say you're not racist. You're in Starbucks. Some blatantly racist things happens right in front of you. You say nothing. Instead, you record or you don't record. Or you just sit back and you watch. The right thing to do all these white people that say they're not racist do you know what would have happened if all these white people in this whole entire restaurant stood up to those police and said you are not arresting them these men did absolutely nothing this is this is not happening do you know that them police would have left them men alone and walked away I, don't, I mean what do y'all be so scared to like stand up for people about because you know you're not going to get arrested you know you're not going to get shot And this is why I don't like when people sit in my face about how not all white people are racist. Because if you sit around and you watch racism happen and you do nothing about it, then you're just as racist as the person performing the open act of racism. So who's better and who's worse? Don't sit in my face as a white person and tell me how you're not racist. Yet when situations like this occur, you say like, oh, it ain't got nothing to do with me. Like I don't Okay, you know, if, if if I don't understand why racist people hate being called racist so much. You want to piss a racist person off calling racist. Now, why that is, I don't know. Because I would think you would just embrace what you are. So this is what we have to pay attention to. It's not about, you know, how things are when things are sweet. Okay, what they say, can you stand the rain? Okay, you don't sit in my face talking about how you love black people and you got black friends and then when you're in a position where you could open your white mouth to spare someone from being dehumanized, you don't say nothing. And, and, and it's crazy because all white people will tell you that they're not racist. So then why can't all white people open their mouths when racism is happening right in their face? Like the minute someone can give me a real answer to that, I will retract my statement when I say that all white people are racist. If someone can tell me, give me a good reason on why these folks don't say anything, then you know what? I'll take it back. But you know what? No one can give me an answer because we all know deep down inside, No matter, I think we try to paint these people as not being what they are because we're kind of scared to kind of face the music on what we're up against here. That doesn't make any sense. That is literally the equivalent, I don't believe in abusing children. That would be the equivalent of, now I stand firm when I say I don't believe in the abuse of children. So if there is someone standing right in front of me and they're abusing a child in my face and I say nothing and do nothing, I am just as abusive as the person that is actually committing the physical abuse okay so if you as a white person by now you know you're white privilege honey you know about it so if you're not using that white privilege to help the same people that you claim and swear up and down that you're not racist against then you're lying can you imagine what would have happened if in that starbucks all them white people band together even if they had to make a freaking human barricade at the front door, they should have done that to say, listen, you are arresting them for no reason. Guarantee you, they just sat around with their mouth open, looking fake shocked, like, oh, my God, what's going on? OK, so this is why we as black people, we can't put our trust in anyone else, because as we see time after time, there's no one standing up for us collectively. You know, you might have the few power to the people, fake hippie white people that act fake, conscious, fake woke. You know, and they act like they advocating for black people, you know, and making whatever noise they can make. But I'm talking about these people standing together collectively to combat racism. I don't see that happening. Everybody say they're against racism until it happens in your face and then everybody want to be quiet. Okay, we experience this everywhere, not just places Like Starbucks. We all have a Starbucks, so to speak, in our own jobs, our own neighborhoods, our own schools. Okay, there are white people at work that witness racism and don't say nothing. There are people that, there are white people that witness racism in their neighborhoods and they say nothing. There are white people that witness racism in their schools and they say absolutely nothing and these are the same white people where all they have to do is tell you about how much they can't stand trump and tell you how they don't see color and you think that they're your friend then in your in your eyes they're the good white people well where the hell are these good white people when our people are being dehumanized in public you know that 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 really i i'm just confused I'm confused so I I, I like to point things out like this because we need to see these examples as they happen It's, it's too much sometimes to talk about it from a big point of view like sometimes you need to talk about it as it's going on so you know as it's happening we see this specific situation with Starbucks we see how they all reacted or failed to react so what does that tell you that means okay we can't put our trust in that we can't hope that these white people feel like inconveniencing themselves for the greater good. Like that that's just too much power to give one person. So um I I wanted to make sure that we talked about that. We don't have much more time on this week's episode, but I had to get that in before we close out. Uh we're gonna have um a great show next week. It'll be a longer show. Um this week, I just kind of wanted it to be purely positive and informative. I like to kind of switch the vibe up on the shows here and there. I just felt like, you know, I kind of just every week, I hope y'all know, I totally be winning these episodes. Like, whatever I see that week, whatever frequency I see people on that week, like whatever I feel like we need to talk about that week is what I make the show about every Monday. So. Um, just know like when I tell you that everything on this show like dead seriously comes from the heart I really mean that I, I've experienced so much happiness and purpose through the show so much happiness and purpose through the listeners and people hitting me up and letting me know like you know your show really changed my life and your show really made me look at this this way that is living in purpose and it feels so great Um, I enjoyed you all this week and we will see you next week on African American. And as always, peace, love and black power.